Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. Yes, you got that right today. I like that. And we are your business coaches at Wired to Change. We are here to help you get your business to the next level so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner. And Mike is making fun of me because we had a meeting earlier today, and twice during that meeting, I introduced myself with the wrong last name. You've been so good lately. I have. Where did that come from? I think that it's just old habits die hard. Yes, and I, I feel for you changing your name. I have no concept. Yeah, and I haven't life. legally changed it yet because, as we were just discussing, I'm not changing anything mm -hmm. until after we get back from our honeymoon, which we depart on at the end of the month. And we're going to be on a giant cruise ship touring around the Caribbean and Mexico, so I cannot wait. With Coronas. With Coronas. Beer. And, yes, the beer. <laughs> and a lime, so, yeah. Lime. Uh, we have some wonderful news to announce, folks. This is this show will be coming out on the 18th. Anyways, on the 18th of Tuesday. And it will be episode number 39. And as of today, we just passed 1,000 plays for all of our podcasts. So thank you very much to the loyal listeners and friends who have helped support us. We, like a lot of people, are starting a small business, and we appreciate all the help. I was looking at the analytics the other day. It breaks down on Anchor FM where domestically and internationally your listeners, listeners come from. You click on the United States. It gives you, and no surprise, 58% of our listening audience, domestic listening, listening audience comes from the state of North Carolina. We're based here in the Raleigh-Durham area. Not, not a surprise. But the state with the second most, second highest percentage of listeners is Oregon. What? I, yes. <laughs> I know. That's what I love about analytics because you yeah. learn stuff. So I click on Oregon. When you click on the state, it brings up all the cities, different cities, and gives you the percentage of listeners in that city. And all 13% of the people listening in the state of Oregon are from Boardman, Oregon. And we did a little research. We believe it's in the northern part of the state. We thank you very much for that. And we really, really would love to know how you found us what you like about our podcast, if you would go to info at wiredtochange.com with the number two and send us an email, we would really love to hear from you. And we're glad you're with us. That is awesome. It was one of the great surprises when I clicked on the analytics because I thought North Carolina, obviously, maybe Georgia. We You got some family in Michigan. Yep. Scott's got some family in Georgia. I've got a couple friends in Florida from where we lived and some in Texas. You just, you never know. And then Oregon popped up and it's great. We yeah. love it. So we want to know what you like about the podcast and how you found us. And we would love to know what you'd like us to keep talking about yes. because we want to keep you as listeners, ladies and gentlemen of Oregon. We do. We thank you very much. And thank you for all the people supporting us so we can get to a thousand plays for all of our podcasts. And we are moving forward and we'll try to get to the second thousand a little bit quicker. In order to do that, we're going to teach ourselves today, aren't we, Trinity? Teach yourself what? The topic of today. Oh, to yeah. To be more efficient. Yes. So, and so the topic of today, which is near and dear to my heart because I have two companies and a husband and two dogs, and this is something that I constantly <laughs> feel like is at a minimum, and that is time. But... In preparation for this show, I have listened to 
four or five podcasts, five or six YouTube videos, and read a couple of books to prepare for this podcast, all on time management. And I actually have one of my favorite books that sits on the back of my toilet, and it's called Getting Shit Done. (laughs) And every once in a while, when I feel like I need a little refresher, I'll that one up and, and poke through it. When, but, wait, when you go home tonight, please take a picture of that and we will post that. For I everyone. will. I will take a picture of it because this that book is, is, it's really good. <laughs> That's the um, ultimate multitasking. So I want to start this episode with letting everyone know that the commonality of all of the research that I did and all these, I was listening to Arnold Schwarzenegger. I was listening to Brian Tracy. I was listening to Zig Ziglar. I'm listening to all these people who are or have become incredibly successful and that you would think don't have the same resources that we all do. But the one thing that they all said is that we all have the same amount of time. We come into this world kicking, screaming, and crying, and we each have the same 24 hours a day that the other person next to us does. That's uh, my, to quote my father-in-law, one of his favorite words is irregardless of age, money, wherever you are, whoever you are. We all have, you're right. We all have the same amount of time. We, so we can't use all, that. You cannot yep. say I don't have enough time because everyone has the same amount of time. We all have 1,440 minutes every single day. It's how we utilize those minutes that's going to make it feel like you either have a lot of time or don't have any time. And guess what? Time moves at the same pace for everybody. It doesn't move faster for some and slower than others, even though I like to give a shout out to my friend Lori, because sometimes when she's getting ready, I feel like time moves a whole lot slower for her. But I felt that same way about fifth period bio. In high school, it's like, will this class never end? Will now, it never end? But it's the same yeah. 60 minutes. Uh, so, in fairness to the people who have stuff going on in their lives, if you've got kids caring for an elderly parent, they're all there are circumstances we all have. And everybody has them. That's the thing about time is that it's the great equalizer in the world. We all have lives, we all have things going on. No matter what, everyone at some point has a family because we were all, we all came from, unless you came in from a Petri dish, we all came from somewhere. So you have, you know, we all have the exact same challenges. Now, do some people have more money than others? Absolutely. Do some people have advantages that maybe other people wish that they had? Yeah. But one of the things that stuck out to me when I was listening um, to a, uh, podcast today was um this gentleman was talking about how he wishes that everyone was born poor because I like, I keep going but yeah. i think i'm gonna like this because when you are poor you don't there the only way you have to the only place you have to go is up mm-hmm. and if the only place you have to go is up you figure out how to pull yourself out of these situations or make things happen and work for yourself and you're not resting on your laurels just waiting for something to be handed to you who actually said and i wish i could remember who it was i've listened to so many things today but he actually said that he's leaving none of his billions of dollars to any of his children because he wants them to go out and work for it themselves just the way that he did 
And I thought, ooh, that's brutal. Yeah, that's tough love. To my future it? children, I will leave you some of my money. You're welcome very much. Compared to my dad who said, I just won't leave you any debt. <laughs> <laughs> And he didn't. He's true to his word. That is no very nice. Yet. So today, technically, we are talking about time management. Um, I hate that phrase. It just makes me cringe. I don't like thinking about time management. I woke up this morning, and the very first thing I wrote down in my notebook, because I like to write down notes when things pop into my head, but the very first thing I wrote down in my notebook this morning about this topic is it's not time management, it's you management. So, so true. So today we're going to be talking all about how we do things to manage ourselves, which can either give us the appearance of having more time or actually even making more time. At your Wine and Wisdom event the other night, wonderful monthly networking event, Trinity hosts. Why, thank you very much. M- Malini. Malini, yeah. Malini yep. and I were talking because she's brand new into the business world as a family. So we're talking about this very subject. And I'd actually had this conversation with somebody else a couple weeks ago that if you write everything down and track it, so if you, over the weekend, if you look back at your schedule for the week and assign a time value to everything you did, four hours networking, I spent 38 minutes and literally 38 minutes doing this and two hours and 12 minutes doing this, you'll start to see a pattern and figure out, am I spending my time wisely? And you and I have been people we have coached before and we've talked to, are you gen, are they revenue generating hours? And most of the time you're going to find that you're doing a lot of shit that you really shouldn't be doing. That is correct. And one of my favorite tools that I use on the regular is, and actually I shouldn't even, I don't know if it's a tool, something that my phone does. I think everyone's phone does it now where it shows you how much screen time you're using. Yes. And I actually use it to make sure that I'm on social media enough because it tends to be the thing that because it's not urgent in my world to post on social media, I tend to push it to the bottom of the pile of things that I do. So I need to make sure that I'm continuously posting because we do have such a strong social media following and I do get a lot of my clients and referrals from social media. So I look at that to make sure that I'm actually spending enough time on the areas in my business where I should be focusing. Yes. But in mine, I have to go the other way. I have to write simple tasks down. For example, prepping for the podcast. If I don't, I found if it's not in my schedule, I'll get to it, but not in an efficient way. We tape, generally, we tape every Thursday afternoon. We tape two shows on Thursday afternoon. My goal is on the previous Sunday, because it's just Becky and I at home, boys are gone. By the way, Oliver's awesome. He says hey to everybody. <laughs> Hi, Oliver. Yeah. Is to sit down and do my research then. Because I found, oh, yeah, well, we'll piddle in the upstairs office or out the garage and or run an errand. And the next thing you know, it's 6 o'clock. Well, it's dinner time. Okay, Sunday's gone. Monday, oh, I got a bunch of things to do Monday. And then it could be Tuesday morning. I'm like, you know, this isn't enough time. So that's what I've found with me is logging even the tasks I know I need to do, but putting them in 
to make sure that I do them. So when I look at my phone, it's like, oh, geez, I forgot about that. I better go back and do, make sure I do that. So that's what helps me on the time management end. Good. And that I do the same thing. I just make sure I put everything on my calendar. I, and I'm learning that too. I've never been a big calendar guy. I've been a meeting calendar guy, but not a task calendar guy. Yeah. And, and I am a meeting oh, yeah, and theme. task yes. calendar person because if it's not on my calendar, <laughs> it does not get done. And to, I use my calendar is my to-do list. Yes. And to prove that point about, this was probably late October, I think it was, you gave me access to your Google calendar. And the only thing it said was busy, 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 10, 10 to 1045, busy, 1045 to 1130, busy. But you had all your, you know, all, all the real estate stuff you were doing. and It's time blocked. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Which is the way to do it. Yeah. Because I was looking on there. It's like, well, how can I schedule something for us? And, <laughs> but then I call it and we do that. But it, it makes a difference. So what people need to figure out how they process that the best. Is it on paper? Because there's still some people my age, not your age, of course, or Drago's age, of course, but my age that I'll meet with people and they still have the, the book, the calendar, and they'll write, hang on a sec, let me look, and they write it in the little square for their day. Again, fine. What works for you? Because we coach many people and there's no life in a box. There's or not. tasks or scheduling in a box. It's, it's how do your eyes and your brain process that? I can't think of the right way to say this without... Oh, don't stop now. <laughs> <laughs> but... Because I don't know if I agree with it. So a lot of the research that I did prior to this show is saying that you shouldn't use checklists. And there's actual like books written about like how checklists are actually a bad thing and that you should do base, you know, use your, your calendar as your checklist. Like it should be time blocked the oh, time for you to, instead 10. of writing one through 10. Okay. Well, I disagree with this because I do have a checklist that I keep. Actually, I'm flipping back through my notebook that I always carry with me now, and mine's called the Get Shit Done Feel Better List. <laughs> if I write the word to do at the top, it yeah. does not get done. It's just for whatever reason, the word to do list makes me feel like doo doo. I don't like yeah. it. I think that it's a cop out. And a way that you can write stuff down to make yourself feel good about getting things accomplished. But And so my get shit done, feel better list is the stuff that is weighing on me most heavily that if I don't get these things done, they have to be like, these are the things that are most important, not necessarily the most urgent. Yes. And when I write those down, I only write down five or six of them a day. And this goes back to, I think we talked on a different episode about uh, the book called Eat That Frog. Yes. And getting up and getting your top one or two things nastiest, done, yep. your nastiest things that you're procrastinating on that you don't want to do, that you knock it out and get it done bright and early while you're at your sharpest in the day. And what a great feeling too. Because then everything else that subsequently comes after it feels like a cakewalk. I got this. I got this. I already did the hardest thing that could possibly happen to me today. So let's go ahead and the other, walk it on easy street. Oh yeah. The other thing I'm learning to do is, is make that list of must do. There might be two things on there. There's a meeting that needed to be scheduled for this week. And that was my number one party. Got the meeting scheduled. You can't have 12 must do's. You, you just can't in a day or even in a week. The must, must do is like two things. Then there's the 
should do or need to do or need to get at or need to categorize. Yes. But the, in your day, there's a lot of things you do, but there's really only like two or three at the most must do. I must get this sign or get this listing on MLS. How, how in whatever order you do that. Right. But that's a must. But do. even those things, even with like getting a listing live, that's something that I know is going to be happening either two days to like three months in the future. And I put that on my calendar. Yes. So I have that conversation with my client. We know that I like to go live on a Thursday night rolling into a Friday morning. So on Thursday night, I'm checking in after my client service manager to make sure that the preliminary entry that they entered is up to snuff. I'm going in writing all the agent remarks because I like to do all my own writing. So I'm the one captioning the photos and leaving my little pizzazz on it. But even that is something that is scheduled on my calendar. And Scott knows that if I have a listing going live, then probably from 6 o'clock at night to 8 o'clock at night, that's what I'm going to be working on. But that's the must do for the day. Yes. And everything else will fall into place. But But that that has has to be done. done. Yeah, because it's time sensitive. Right. And you need to prioritize things that way because you can't have 12 if I don't do it, the company will close today things. It's just, that's not realistic. No. And if I did have 12, if I don't do it, the company is going to close. I probably would no longer be in business. Or you may need to hire people or work on your management skills. So, yeah. So, so speaking of management skills, (laughs) one of the favorite things that I have always used, and I did not know until um, today that there is actually a name for this. I did not either. And I used to call it my Trinity's ADHD Wrangler, (laughs) which in the past we've talked about how I love my Amazon Alexa. Yes. So back in the day, Scott and I were not yet living together. And at his house, he had an an Amazon Alexa. Mm -hmm. And... I thought it was the creepiest thing ever. I did not like that it was in the bedroom. I didn't like that it could hear us. I didn't, I thought that it was stupid that he talked to it. I was just such a naysayer of the stupid Alexa. And now we have an Alexa in every single room of our house. I use it constantly. You do and you've referenced that many a time. And just word to my husband, you're right, baby. You're right. I totally am a sucker now for that. I actually asked him the other day, I'm like, what's that new car ad that came out? I think it was Nissan that has an Alexa like in the car. He's like, oh, we can get you an Alexa in your car. I was like, perfect. Because I find myself in the car and I'm like, Alexa, add note to this list because that's just what we do. But That's the only other woman he's allowed to speak of in the house. It (laughs) is, it is. But that tool allows me to set timers without having to go on my phone. So I just tell Alexa, Alexa, set 30 minute timer. And then whatever it is that I have on my calendar to work on, whether it's email or cleaning my office or updating my whiteboard or making telephone calls or writing handwritten thank you notes, whatever it is, I do it in 30 minute chunks. And I'm old school. So I use the clock on the oven. See, and I will be, and this is where my ADHD comes into play because if I was just trying to pay attention to the time, now my focus is split between 
doing what I'm doing and trying to keep track of the clock. And this way the alarm just goes off and I'm like, okay, oh, the time is done. Wow, that 30 minutes went by really quick. I give myself a pat on the back at whatever it is that I accomplished during that 30 minutes. And then I roll into my next 30 minutes or whatever it is that I'm working on. Now, for some things, when I'm doing them, I need longer than 30 minutes. So I might set an hour and a half timer, or I might give myself a 15 minute timer to go tidy up the house Mm -hmm. and take a break and get some things done because I work from home a lot. But it takes all the pressure off of you because you're, like you said, you don't have to think about anything but that task. Nothing but that task. And I always remind myself that no one's going to call me or text me or anything's nothing's going to happen in that 30 minutes that's so life altering that i need to be sitting there checking my phone and if they do they'll call twice right yes and that i think is something that so many of us struggle with because we feel like because we're tethered to our devices that we have to be so quick to respond like right in the moment So if somebody texts me, it's okay if they don't get a text back until 30 minutes later, because every time that that takes that distraction away, it takes you, they say 15 minutes to get back in the zone. So if you're doing that twice during your 30 minute time block, you just sucked up all your time trying to get back in the zone. And I love this plan for writers. If you blog any type of writing you do, there's a lot you can get done in 25 minutes. I challenge people, if they don't think that's a long time, is to tell Alexa, hey, Alexa, in 25 minutes, tell me, or what do you tell them? Just set an alarm for 25 minutes? Yeah. Okay. So, Alexa, set an alarm for 25 minutes and then sit in your chair in the den with no devices going on, no noise, no nothing, and just sit there and see how long 25 minutes And hammer minutes it is. out. And no, no, no. If you don't yeah. think that's long enough, oh. just sit there in nothing but quiet for 25 minutes, and it'll feel forever. And you know there's a lot of things people there's can get done in 25 minutes. There's a ton of stuff you can get done in 25 oh, minutes. Oh, yeah. Oh, you write a blog. If you did that like once a day or even three times a week, man, you'd be more efficient. Yeah, do some personal development. Mm-hmm. Listen to a podcast. Listen yeah. to Mike and Trent. There you go. There you go. Read a book. Yeah. Read a book. So, and that's the Pomodoro technique. Technique. We that found is out. the that is the official name. I found out that the reason that it's called the Pomodoro technique is because the gentleman who actually started it had a clock that was in the shape of a tomato. And Pomodoro, I'm assuming, is the Italian word for tomato. And voila, there's your random nugget for the day. Now we can all go home. (laughs) That would be correct, yes. So in addition to starting with, so number one, start with your time logging. Make sure that you know where your time is going. The second is use the Pomodoro technique. This is something that I just cannot even stress enough that for me, Being able to focus on something entirely for short bursts of time helps make me way more effective with my time management. The other thing that um, I like to do with my to-do list or my calendar is identifying what items on there shouldn't be or 
which things do I feel like I should be doing, but really they're not my high dollar activities that are going to help make me money. And we're going to talk on our next podcast about the important versus urgent matrix. Mm -hmm. One of my other favorite things to dork out to and Mike's too. But when you figure out what items that you do on a daily basis are important versus which ones are urgent. And then also figuring out if there are items that you have that are becoming urgent, like Scott texting me about concert tickets. I'm like, babe, who are you going to see? I love you, but I'm sorry. You needed to stop texting me during the day. Sometimes. Did (laughs) did you see all the Facebook posts of the people that went to the Celine Dion concert? I was invited to go to that. And she's good. I'm not a fan, but she's immensely talented. And a couple friend, male friends of mine, and this is so typecasting, but I'm a guy, so I'm allowed to do it. Posted, man, her words are just so powerful. I'm like, Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) Um, She's good. So don't, you you know, Funnily enough, or funny enough, what funny enough, funnily enough, sure, whatever. I was talking to one of my friends about how I was potentially going to go see Celine Dion. Mm-hmm. I opted not to because I'm saving all my money for a cruise, and for I the wanted drinks, yes, yes yeah. for well, we have a drink package, package, but but for well for buying souvenirs or whatever it is. But my friend said I can't go see Celine Dion when I was pregnant. That when the song the titanic song came Mm. out my heart will go on and she said that that song gives her a visceral visceral reaction and sends her right back into like feeling like she's gonna throw up (laughs) and it cracks me up because it's supposed to be this lifting inspirational Mm. song and she's like no i could never go to one of her concerts but (laughs) we we digress we do but i said it out there so In addition to Trinity's ADHD time wrangling technique, which we're going to rename the Pomodoro technique, we also talked recently about the 80-20 rule, which we're going to touch upon again, because when you're looking at your day, 80% of your results are going to come from 20% of your efforts. So Mm -hmm. are you focusing in the right spots in your business or in your life to get you maximum impact for where you want to go? Mike, at the entry of every single podcast, you say that we're helping small business owners get themselves to the next level so they can live the life of a small business owner. And if you are over here in the weeds doing working in the 80%, then you are not on track. You're not listening to Coach Mike. He's going to throw his whistle at you. If if 80% of your business is coming from networking, Go do more networking. It's just, it's that simple. Now, a lot of things, a lot of these things are not easy, but they're kind of simple to figure out. And when you, again, we've talked about this many times, you've got to track your stuff. You got to know where your numbers are coming from. So So, I like the neck. Go ahead. I was going to move. Well, and we were talking before we got on air about whether or not you can make more hours in a day. And we decided you could not. You can. You, yes. You cannot make more hours, but you can be more efficient with your time. You cannot make more hours, but right. you can do things that eliminate what you personally need to be doing so your hours are spent in the highest and best use of your time. Yes. 
delegation. Mm -hmm. So delegation is the number one technique for you to be able to make more hours in a day. And delegation can really F something up quickly because if you're delegating to the wrong person or you don't trust that person, then everything that you delegated is going to roll right back in your plate and you're more slammed in the weeds than you were before you started delegating. So you delegate something to me. I don't know what I'm doing. (coughs) Excuse me. I'm not qualified to do it. I keep coming to you with questions. I've wasted an hour and a half of your day. And then at the end of the day, you decide, screw it, I'll just do the project. And there was the three hours you are going to spend along with the hour and a half answering my questions because I didn't know how to do it. Yeah, so you actually just cost me more money. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, I would fire you in a second. As you should, because a lot of people will delegate a project. They don't delegate it properly. They just say, here, Trinity, get this filled out. Well, that's not enough information to figure out what the task actually is. And then you've got to come back into my office three times for clarification questions, which is back to your point when you're involved in a task and you have to stop. There's a 15-minute undo and then redo. And But it was my fault for not explaining to you the why and the how on this project. I just said the what, and I failed to explain the how and the why. Right. So one of the things that comes up a lot when I'm talking to people and I'm about to reveal one of my many secrets, but people will say, I can't believe that you have so much time. And it's a compliment. It is a compliment. Or they think you're lazy and not doing anything. Something like that. <laughs> but they, they're always amazed. And my, my first response to that is always like, well, oh, haha, I don't have kids, which is true. I don't have children. So a lot of my peers have children. So they have something that's vying at their time that I don't currently have, which frees me up a little bit more than the average bear. But I'm also very careful and protective of how I use my time. And one of the things that drives my friends crazy when we're playing like a trivia game is my lack of pop culture. Oh, yeah. Because I spent my all my free time with my nose in a book or Mm. learning something or teaching myself something or taking an online coding class or just dorking out when a lot of people were watching movies or binging on Netflix. (laughs) So yeah, I don't know who many of these actors and actresses are. Sorry, not sorry, Mm. but I do have a lot of other ancillary knowledge that I feel was a really great use of my time. You would be better on Jeopardy in most categories, except except pop for culture. pop culture. Yes, I would need a pop culture crash yeah. course. And mine is the other way because Becky and I have no. Our both of our boys are grown and gone, so it's just the two of us. So I can I got another hour if I need it, and that's my problem is I don't condense everything into. Like Drago and I were talking about before we came on the air, like 6 a.m. to 3 p.m., getting everything done, being be focused and intentional in that, and then at 3 p.m. go, you know, check out for the day or do whatever you you want to do. Instead of, ah, just, you know, 4.30, Becky's not coming home until 5.30, 5.45, I'll just wait and I'll do that because it's the house is quiet, there's no dog, and that's a bad approach too, so I'm addressing that as well. I think that... This is real. This is like a live coaching session for us both. Oh yeah, yeah. But I, and I like on the delegate part, and you've said this before: delegate, but don't abdicate. Yes, abdication is a recipe for disaster. That is when you 
give somebody something to do or a project or a job, and then you just walk away without giving them enough guidance to be able or tools to do the job that they need to do. Or you're not checking in with them enough to make sure that they're doing it right. And then instead of putting out a teeny tiny fire, you're not going back and putting out the entire, you know, Australian bushfire that's going on like you don't want to get yourself in that position what's an example in your world in my world an example would be um a new client service manager coming on that i have never worked with before and i just throw a due diligence repair request at them and say hey have at it and then that would be an example because they don't know who my vendors are they don't know who my preferred people are they don't know that I normally like that we go get the quotes for our clients. We don't have them running around getting the quotes. So that way we have all the information. So I like to be in control of every step of the process. And yeah, it's a little bit more costly on my behalf that I'm paying my team to go do these things. But at the end of the day, it saves me way more money because we get through those due diligence negotiations better, stronger. My clients are more likely to refer me and the amount of time that that takes is well worth it for me in the end. What some people would do is, okay, I've delegated this to Mike. Okay, we haven't heard anything all day, so I guess everything's going fine. Yes, that is, that's abdication. Oh, I haven't heard anything. Yep. I'm just going to assume that silence they're doing great. Golden, yeah. yeah, no, silence is not always golden. Not at all. Once you have your staff and your team rocking and rolling and they're trained and they're working effectively, then it's okay to avoid them as much as possible and not let them pass the monkey back up to you. And there is a great Harvard article out there that if you haven't read it yet, you should go read it um, all about reverse delegation and what can happen when your employees start delegating back to you problems or issues or things that they really should be able to take care of. Yes, either you did not train them properly or they are not wired to be in that position. Well, and sometimes it's a matter of as the leaders and the entrepreneurs, we're doers. And I like being the problem solver. I like figuring things out. So sometimes it's me that's actually the problem. Because if Jamie comes to me and says, oh, this issue came up during due diligence. And I said, okay, great. I'll take care of it. Yes. Well, now I just let her pass that monkey back to me instead of asking her, is there anything in this that you don't feel like you can handle? And keeping the ball in her court. Right. So you don't want to start um, like training your team members to pass those monkeys back to you and coming to you and doing those things because they're going to suck all of your time and resources. you That's when you ask them, okay, so how are you going to solve it? Right. But put, it, you, put it back in their core. But you have to take yourself out of that. Yes. And that's hard sometimes, isn't it? It is. And, it, and sometimes that means letting them figure it out, um, not being the hero, because we all love to be the hero in certain mm -hmm. situations. Back in uh, a previous life, one of my bosses, and this would have been when we we're in Atlanta, early 90s, mid 90s, and I was working at uh, Cartoon Network for Turner, and my boss was Kim McQuilkin. And if you're an NFL fan, he was a quarterback for the Falcons years ago in a short career, but he's somewhat notable. 
And one day I went in and I, I guess I phrased it wrong. He goes, Mike, here's the deal. I need you to bring me answers, not questions. You got it, Kim. And yeah. I, that's, I've had some wonderful bosses, but just little things like that go, you know what? He's right. And I, I phrased it wrong. I told him I, the problem was solved. I just explained it incorrectly. But his feedback to me was, I need, I need answers, not questions. And but stuff like that, but you got to get out of the way of your employees. You do, yeah, which is hard sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting here kind of scolding myself, thinking I probably do that more than I even let myself realize. I wonder if you could, if you had a reality TV camera with you for a day. Oh my god, what would you learn? It would sound like this beep, 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 my- beep, beep, because of all the freaking f bombs I drop throughout the day. But it what, would be nothing but one giant censure. What would you learn? <laughs> what would and I would learn? You process it would, <sighs> and, and that's the royal you. Would would people process that information to make themselves better? Or they just say, basically, the camera's lying, or that's that's an atypical day. I'm not like that. Yeah, it's like being on Kitchen Nightmares. Like, oh, if, yeah. if, if the Gordon Ramsay, if your industry walked in and peeled back the layers yeah. and, like, really poked up in your business and showed everybody all your dirty secrets, how would you respond? Yes. Ooh. All right, so we are tidying this uh, episode up with what two things for people to do. The first thing that you should do if you have not already done it is go and log whatever it is that you did yesterday and today so you can see where your time is going. And I'm all about sampling. So I don't know that they, the experts, I use the quotations. I don't know who the experts are, but the experts recommend one to two days. I don't think that that's a long Mm, enough period of time. I think that you should do it for a full week Mm -hmm. so you can see where your time is going throughout that week. Once you have your time figured out of where it's going, then sit down and figure out which of those things you should be doing, which you should not be doing, and how you can better time block those things together in chunks. Um, putting like things together. So I think of this as like how I organize my dresser drawers because if I had all my clothes neatly folded and put away, but I had the tank tops and with the t-shirts and with the long sleeve shirts, I would never be able to find anything versus I have a drawer for each. I have a drawer for tank tops, a drawer for t-shirts, a drawer for three quarter length sleeve shirts and a drawer for my long sleeve shirts. Mm -hmm. That way things that are grouped in like it's much faster for me to find whatever it is that I'm looking for. Same thing when you're going about your day, group like items together. So if you need to do stuff that's on your computer, do things that are on your computer at the same time. If you need to go run um, and do training with an employee, find another employee or two that you need to do training with and train them at the same time so you're not breaking up your day. And then if you do work out of the house, run your errands in a block. Yes. They'll run one at 1030 and one at 245. Do it in a block. block. Because in small business world, your business is your life. So uh, we ask you to uh, jot everything down and you will learn a lot because we've talked before. When you think on paper, you learn a whole lot. So we will see you next time on our Wired to Change podcast.